right, well, we are going to jump into Genesis 19 today. Uh, so I'll give you a second to turn there. Um, but as, we're, as you're turning there, who here remembers what was going on in Genesis 18? Anybody? Negotiations. Yeah, what were these negotiations all about? <laughs> 50 good people, right? Remember, God had shown to Abraham that he was going to bring judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham was pleading for the righteous uh, who were there. And, and he six times he, he asked God, well, what if there's... 50 people. What if there's 40 people? What if there's 35? You know, and then he got, he brought the number all the way down to 10. Um, and what was God's answer to Abraham? You guys remember? If there were such, yeah. He would relent. Yeah, he said, even for 10, I will, I will relent. Um, yeah, and and so this is kind of where we left off. Uh, now, if you remember, there was three visitors to Abraham. Two of them went down to the city. Do you guys remember that? Um, and this is what we see starting in verse 1 of chapter 19. It says this, The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Let's pause there for a moment. These two angels, these two men, they, they, they come down to Sodom. What time of day do they come down to Sodom? Evening. evening. Yeah. What is significant about evening? It's going to get dark. It's going to get dark, right? The, the sun's getting low in the sky, um, and there's probably an hour or two left where there'll be light, and pretty soon it's going to be dark. Um, and where do they go to? You said city gate. Yeah, they go to the city gate. Um, and so they're, they're at the city gate. And now, because, you know, this was thousands of years ago, uh, things are a little bit different than in cities than they are today. Do we have city gates today? No. <laughs> Why don't we have city gates today? We do have gated communities. Yep. 
yeah, we don't have barbarians trying to ransack cities, and um, there's ransack not these. Cities. They're already in, so what's the point of the game? <laughs> yeah, they're already in. <laughs> oh, that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so a city gate was a, a big deal back then, right? Because these were walled cities, and they were protected, and the entrance in and the entrance out was guarded. And who was at the city gate? Lot. Why would he be at the city gate? Well, oftentimes business was done at the city gate. Business was done at the city gate, yep. Um, it depends on, I mean, it could be. Um, but typically, the, there would always be elders of the city at the city gate. Um, yeah, and they were there. Yes, yeah, business was done. You know, decisions were made at the city gate. Um, but it was also a, a place where uh, entrance in and entrance out, or I guess that wouldn't be entrance, but <laughs> departure was regulated by the, the town elders. It's not that uh, Abraham would have somehow sent somebody on ahead to let him know that they were coming. No, no. No. Um, yeah, no, Lot was just sitting there because he was one of the elders of the city. He was a trusted man. Um, and, uh, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's very gracious. We we do see this, and we're going to see a lot of similarities between him and Abraham, right? Um, and yeah, and so you you do notice, right? Go ahead. He offers an invitation immediately. Yeah, he offers an invitation immediately, um, and we're going to talk about that, but. But I want to I, I want to speak on how he presents himself to these men, right? Mm-hmm. It says he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth. Mm-hmm. You know what is what is that about? Recognition. It's recognition. Um, he he somehow recognizes that these two men are important. Um, there's something significant about them. Um, and though he might keep an elder like you said. Mm-hmm. They are they are obviously above him. Yeah. Some manner. Yeah. Yeah, and so he he recognizes in some form or fashion that they are his superiors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then even when he addresses them, he addresses them as my lords. Um, and the the Hebrew word there would be Adonai. Um, and so it's. Uh, what, what he says to them is he, he bows to them, addresses them as Lord, and then, yeah, what, what does this tell us about Lot and his character? All that we've learned about Lot so far. 
He's not all lost, right? Right. Yeah. And he's concerned. Mm -hmm. You can hear by what he says to them. Please turn aside. He's he's petitioning. He's he he wants them secure. Yeah. He's offering security. He he is looking out for their safety, right? And that's why he immediately, right away, says, "Come, stay, spend the night, and wash your feet." You know. At my house. He knows what's in store. He knows his city, right? He knows the wickedness that goes on in Sodom. Especially at night. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, Is it I don't know if he does. Um, I think he just probably recognizes that they're important at this point uh, because uh, the men in the city don't realize they're angels either. Um, and so there's other people that are around, you know, probably eyeing what's going on. And um, word definitely spreads that Your these. Yeah, yeah. There, there's something about them that's appealing. We'll put it that way. Um, yeah, and and so he he's he's pleading with these guys. You know, don't spend the night in the city square in the town square. Spend the night in my house. You know, I will take care of you. Um, how do they respond to that? Yeah, they said no. We're going to stay at the town square. Why do they want to do that? The reason that God had set them. Remember, um, if you look back in Genesis 18. Um, where is it? Back there. Yeah. Yeah. So start, start in verse 20. It says, And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. And so... The, their plan is to go to the city square as a type of test for this city. They will see if the outcry is as great as what they have heard. So they're almost willing to be bait? Like yeah. Yeah. They're, they're putting the bait before them and saying, okay, we'll see. Um, but <laughs> lots persistent, right? <laughs> Um, it says, but he pressed them strongly, so they turned aside to him. I can imagine this guy. He's like pushing these guys. No, 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 come with me, you know. Um, you, you met people like that, right? Um, and they're, they're insistent on what they want, especially if they want to do good to you. And 
Um, they don't shape milk for me. Yeah. That, you know, every time I, I visit my mom, you know, she sends me home with food. And it's, it's way too much food. It's always way too much food. And, and she just packs it up. And I was like, Mom, you don't have to do that. No, 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 you know. And she just continues packing, and I'm trying to talk her down. And she's like, it's, I, over the years, I've learned to stop asking her to not do it and just accept it. Um, <laughs> and, but, you know, that's who she is, and she, she's very persistent on, you're not going to leave my house without a lot of food, you know. Um, and I can kind of get that because, you know, she was probably raised during a time where th that's what her mom taught her. And her mom was probably raised at a time when you didn't dare send someone away without giving them food. You know, what if their car broke down? You know, different things like that. Um, and so this is a, a tradition that was handed down, um, you know, Today, I think in our generation, we, we tend to think, well, travel's pretty predictable. Um, you know, cars do break down, but we've got AAA, you know, you know, we can call a tow truck pretty easily nowadays, and, you know, it's not that bad. There's fast food joints around every corner. Um, but this is how she was raised. This is probably how her mom was raised, how her mom was raised. And so um, she's just very persistent. Uh, but it's, it's a kindness, right? It's a persistent in kindness. Um, and this is Lot. He's like, no, 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 you guys are coming with me. You know, probably dragging them by the arm. You know, you don't, you're not going to stay in the city square. I'll make you a feast. You know, we'll, we'll do things right, right? Um, Yeah. So he wasn't inclined to let them go. Yeah, yeah. And so Lot knew his city well. He knew what would happen to these gentlemen if they spent the night in the in the town square. Um, yeah. And so they, they go to Lot's house. Um, and what did he do for them? Wash their feet made them a feast, baked unleavened bread. And who does this remind you of? Abraham, right? And so, you know, the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree, right? And so he, you know, I don't know how old Lot was when his dad died, but Abraham took him under his wing, and um, he learned a lot from Abraham. And one of the things he learned was how to be a good host. And so we see this here, and we see the, the righteousness of Lot in this, don't we? Remember how Abraham's begging God, you know, if even there's ten righteous men living in there, you know, will you uh, delay your, or set aside your, your, your judgment? Um, and so we see there's one righteous man, Right? Lot is acting as a righteous man. He is looking out for these two men. Um, let's read a little further, and let's, let's see what happens. Look at verse 4. 
But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them. All right, let's pause there. And so, here we see why Lot was so persistent, right? Um, Who shows up to Lot's house after the sunset? Every last man. Every last man. Did you guys catch that? Every last man. Young, old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. No shame. No shame whatsoever. Yeah, there's no shame. No. No. And and what do they want to do? Defile these two men. Yeah, they want to defile the two men. It's, it's, it's total depravity, right? I mean, and we, we, we talk about, and there's two ways to look at total depravity. You know, there's the, the tulip, the Calvinist version of total depravity, which we're all totally depraved um, in a sense where we are born into sin. Um, but this, what we see here is a given over to sin. Yeah, let's let's turn to Romans one. We'll take a look at that. Starting in verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. And so, right there we see God has revealed himself to each and every person through his creation, right? And so everybody knows there is a God. Even the atheists out there know that there is a God. Um, this is what this, these verses are claiming. I know it's hard to fathom an atheist knowing that there is a God, but deep down they do know. Um, Verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And so what what's what Paul's talking about there is idolatry, right? And so they're, they're still inclined to worship, but they're not going to worship the true God. And so we'll create our own gods. 
And what these gods they fashion, what they end up, what they do is they give an excuse for sin. Does that make sense? Because if you can create your own God, then you can create your own set of morals. Um, and so this is what's going on here. Verse 24, Therefore God gave them up in, their lust, in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so we, we see the progression, right? So they, they ignore God who's plain to them. They create these other gods so they can satisfy their, their lustful desires. And instead of God... I don't know, instead of God grabbing hold of them and changing them, he gives them up to their lust. Do you, do you see that? He cuts them loose. He says, okay, you want it? I'll give it to you in spades. Um, and so, verse 26, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations uh, for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And so we see as the progression of sin goes further, we see uh, homosexuality come into play, right? They're, they're, the, it's not good enough to have you know, sex, side, sex outside of marriage even. But now we need to have sex with the same gender. Um, and, and so there's this progression of sinfulness that God is allowing to, to go forth. Um, verse 28, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faith, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And so <laughs> there's a long list of sin there, right? Um, and so it, as sin enters into our world, it just bursts forth and spreads and spreads into all sorts of evil and wickedness, as we see here um, and lastly, we see, uh, you know, even though they know the righteous decrees of God, even though God has given them a conscience, right? They, they ignore that conscience. And they praise those and give approval to those who practice these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're so consumed, they actually are inventors of evil. Inventors of evil. Yeah. There isn't enough evil already. 
already. Yeah. They're inventing. We've got to come up with new ways, right? Um, yeah. And so this is, this is where Sodom is right now, right? Um, and this is what we see in Genesis 19. The, the, the fact that every man in that town, young or old, came to Lot's house in order to rape these two men, it, it speaks to the, the depravity of that city. Um, How they burned. They were consumed. They were consumed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look at this, and I look at our society today, and I wonder how much difference there is. Now, hopefully, if, you know, I, I guess when visitors come to our town, we don't see men, every man in Oxford, going out and trying to rape whoever's visiting, right? Um, we... Thankfully, we live, we do live in a society where there are, there is some, still some rule of law. Um, but we do see a progression going in our nation, don't we? Um, where things are progressing to more and more wicked ways, where people are giving approval of these wicked ways. Um, and so we're, we're taking steps towards where Sodom and Gomorrah were. Does that make sense to you guys? We're still here. We're still here. But yeah. we're, we're inventing our demise by the yeah. cruelty and the sin that we are pervasive with. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, and and this is it's a challenge for us today because we we do see our society taking these steps in this direction, um, and yet at the same time, there's righteous lot right, and we can see. God's people who agonize over these things. Um, I don't know about you, but if I ever watch the news, I don't watch the news that often because I just can't stand it anymore. But when I do, it's just, it's gut-wrenching sometimes. Um, And it's hard to see. Uh, And it kind of makes you wonder, why hasn't God brought judgment here yet? In some ways, he has, for sure. I haven't yeah. watched the news since COVID. Yeah. Because when all the cities began to be looted, mm-hmm. and the authorities did nothing, and then they wanted to do away with the police, mm-hmm. I, I said, oh, okay, that's enough for me. And yeah. Yeah, and again, that's what you see is steps in that direction, right? Rioting, looting. Let's get away with authority. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll do away with authority. We're not accountable to anybody but ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, Certainly not to God. Yeah. Um, But fortunately, God's people are still here. (laughs) Um, And it's really a grace to the whole nation that God has allowed his church to persist. Um, And it has nothing really to do with us. We're not righteous within ourselves. But it has everything to do with how God works through us. The Holy Spirit. Uh, how Jesus is manifesting himself through his people uh, and bringing a gospel witness to the world. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. The gates of hell, even the very gates of hell where he's doing business mm-hmm. at the city gates, so to speak, at the church, the gates yeah. of hell will not prevail against his church. Yeah. It's amazing. Really. Yeah. Salt and light. Yeah. Yeah, and all right, we we need to stop there. I'm already five minutes past, um, but you know, before we move forward, there's going to be some challenging parts to this section. Uh, a lot will do something that maybe we think would be what what in the world is he doing? Um, but I, I want to leave you with this thought: Lot is the the ray of light that is left in this city. He's the only man that really is standing up. Um, And that's difficult when you are the only one. It's so easy to cave to the the ways of this world um, when everyone else is against you. But Lot chose to stick up for what's right. And there's a lot to be said about that. Um, All right, let's, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the example that we have in Lot and, uh, and that he was uh, the righteous man that was left in this city. Um, Lord, we thank you just for uh, his willingness to uh, uh, stick up for these two and bring protection to these two. Um, Lord, we pray that you would move within us as well. We we to live in a society that does not want to follow you, that wants uh, to bring about violence and and wickedness and uh, help us as your people to stand firm like like Lot did. Um, We can only do this through the power of your Holy Spirit. So fill us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.